Welcome to another episode of the Fish and Coach Show. I'm Brandon Fisher. This is Coach Ratner. And today we're discussing the five ways to get people to listen to you. Coach, I want to be listened to. I want to be heard. Of course. Everyone wants to be listened to. Especially, you know, you know, I have children and like, how do you get your kids to listen to you? How right. Do you get, how do you what do we your, have to do? How do you get your employees to listen to you? How do you get your friends to listen to you? So there's four ideas we're going to talk about. And hopefully we can get this over to our customers, our people listening to us, that when you finish listening to this podcast, you'll have a better time communicating with people and people are more likely to listen to you when you have something to say. That's huge. So the first idea is don't be a hypocrite. So a hypocrite is someone who says something but does something different. Mm. Because thing. then what's the value of your word? Well, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, like you shouldn't be smoking and then you go smoke. Of course, your words, your words are worthless. Your words are completely meaningless. And this comes into play a lot with children because your kids are more likely going to do what you do than what you say. Interesting. Yeah, so if you could say things to your kids, and of course they're not listening to you because they're kids, but when you do, in order for them to really listen to you, you have to back up your words. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're going to say you must clean your dishes up when you're done eating, you must do the same thing. You must do the same thing. Yeah, you have to. And they, and they act. I've noticed with my children, because now I have children that are like teenagers, and they do. They do things that you do. Now, I also tell them, and of course, kids don't like to listen, but if you keep doing it and keep doing it, they'll eventually do what you do. And they're very perceptive. They're they very, see. They, they know. S- they know. They know you're being a hypocrite. They, you know, and I have to sometimes, I don't know if I want to give any examples, but <clears throat> there are times like I don't want to do what I'm saying. I'm like, but I have to. I have no choice now. Right. And they can even sense that. Yeah. How excited are you when you're doing it? And it's the same thing also if like you're a boss and you have employees and you're like, oh, don't show up late for work. And you show up late for work, even though you're the boss – they look at you as being a hypocrite. Even though you might think, you know, I'm the boss. I own the co- I even, you might even own the company and you can come in late. But it's important for the employees to see that their boss comes in at the early same time that they do. Or your earlier. work ethic matters even more. You're working even, it's even more so than, than your family because the employees want to know that their boss is all bought in with them. They're, they're coming to work every day, getting a paycheck, and they're bought into the company. And you want to see the boss bought in. Right. We say it all the time, different athletes, they say he was always the first one in the room. He was always the first one at practice in the morning. Tom Brady's always the first person oh, yeah. in, the, and, and, in the gym. And, and then you have a team that has someone to rally around because they know a guy who's all in. Right. You want to be all in. You have really. to be all in. And of course, look at, I mean, uh, a lot of these athletes who are, become, are great are the ones who put all the effort in and they're early in practice and they're going to these um, off-season camps where they work on their skills. It's a non I mean, You know what's funny? Back in the 70s when I was watching the NFL, football players had jobs off-season. Wow. Do you know, they used to be insurance agents, sometimes work at restaurants. It wasn't a full-time Isn't that funny? That is so funny. You can't imagine wow, that now, No can way. You? Can you imagine going to a restaurant and Tom Brady's your server? <laughs> I know. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So you don't be a hypocrite and you, you know, be all in and lead from example. And lead from do example. Do what you're saying. That's you're how you get people. The second example I'm going to give you is words should come from the heart in a loving way, which mm-hmm. means when you yell at people, they're less likely to listen to you. No one likes to be yelled at. No one likes to be uh, brought down. No one likes to be scolded. You have to say things in a way, in a loving manner. And it can be really hard, especially if you have, if you have anger or you're mad or like, Coach, I call this the the package of um, the package of delivery. Right. Meaning, if you get an Amazon package and it's all damaged, 
you're going to already think that the product inside is a bit damaged. That's right. Uh, and I worked in a hotel. I worked in hotels in Colorado and Vail. And if we had to fluff the pillows every 30 minutes. Hi-ya! Like, what? Did, yeah, exactly. The karate chop. Whew. And what does it matter? Okay, does anyone care that the pillow has a perfectly split line? No one cares more than me right. as the front desk agent. But it makes a huge psychological difference when the display is perfect. Perfect. Right. What we say comes with that same package of delivery. You know, I, um, when I grew up, you know, I had brothers and sisters, and some of us were clumsy. And occasionally we spilled milk, or milk, or grape juice, whatever. And my, you know, I don't talk about my dad, but he would like yell at us for spilling. Like, you know, don't be so clumsy, or be more careful. And he'd yell. And right. I remember it wasn't really good for us for my father to yell. It wasn't good for my siblings to get yelled at. And as a father myself, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And I, when my kids spill grape juice, which they do all the time, or milk, <laughs> whatever it is, I say, go get a towel. That's why I don't yell. Clean I don't get it. Go get it. It's part of life. Like this thing, I spill things. They spill things, and I don't get mad. And, and my kids are more likely going to listen to me because I'm not yelling at them. You know, the more you know, there's an idea of it's called uh, helicopter parenting. Have you heard of helicopter parenting? I have heard of it. So I, I'm the exact opposite. I'm like a jet fighter. I'm like far away. I when I take my kids to the park, I let them be. Now I keep them in my sight. But I'm okay if they're like 20 feet to 30 feet away from me. I'm okay if they fall. I'm okay if they're playing in the dirt. I don't care because this is how people learn and grow and become independent. And then you'll see, I remember seeing these parents like hovering over their two-year-old, the toddler. The toddler's learning to walk, right? But they're walking in the park. And the parents like hovering over them like, let your kid have some freedom. Let your kid learn to grow on their own. Not be so, you know attacks to their parents. One of the things that stands out is I was at your house once and after the meal, you clear the table off and you set it up like a ping pong table. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. Beautiful chandelier above this table <laughs> and we're playing ping pong underneath it. Yeah. And you were all relaxed right, about the, it. Right on the dining table. On the dining room table. Not no, no, no nice wood. <laughs> right. Because I feel like that if you have furniture, that you want it to one day look old and beat up and scratched because what... You know, I, it means you lived in it. I had a friend... It was when I, was, uh, I had a friend in, uh, who lived in Rockville, and I was going to teach a class. And I said, hey, can I teach a class at your house? He had this big, beautiful house. I sa- and he said, yes. And I said, can we, lose your li- can we use your living room? Your dining- I'm sorry, your dining room. It's this gorgeous dining room table. I never saw it being used. Wow. He wouldn't let me use it. I'm like, <laughs> what's the purpose of having a gorgeous dining room table? Gonna- I'm like, I know some people are like this, where they, like, you know, like the grandmother who, like, takes plastic and covers the couch. Like, what's the use of a couch? The you might as well buy a plastic couch at that point in time, right? Right. It gets to be ridiculous. So... He wouldn't let me use it. I'm like, that's really sad. I mean, it's really sad that he has, th- that he's so, uh, I, I don't want to say worships, but like, you know, so worried about his dining room table, which is a physical item you can buy, you can repair, you can fix, you can buy a new chair. You know, I did this when I, when I moved into my new apartment. For the first time ever, I bought the cheapest, but they're really nice. They're probably from China. I think they are from China. Dining room chairs. They were like 60 bucks a piece. They're very comfortable. They're really comfortable. They're blue. Very. They're gorgeous. I'm like, you know, I don't care if they break. I just buy a new one. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't worry about these things. I have a dining room table. I want to get scratched up. I want my, I want my couch to, listen, I don't want a dirty couch, and I'm going to clean it. I'm going to clean the stains off and vacuum it. But I want it to last as long as possible, but I want my kids to be playing on it. I want my kids to enjoy what they and have. And you created that environment. By being yeah. a little bit more relaxed and having the kids like, this is a playground. This is a house. It's a place to have to live. Yeah. And so because of that, my, I believe, from my opinion, which I could be wrong, is that my kids listen to me more. 
because I'm not a hypocrite and I say things in a loving manner. Right. And I don't helicopter. I, I let them have freedom. They know you love them because you've made a house that they can be as comfortable as you they can. Right. They right. can be very comfortable. So this is going to lead us to another idea that sometimes in life we have to rebuke people, which means when we see something, someone doing something wrong, let's say they're getting involved in drugs or they're getting involved in a bad relationship or we see our kids doing something that's not really healthy for them, we need to rebuke people. And this idea I want to give you is a healthy way to understand how to get people to listen to you. We need to rebuke them. So it's called the sandwich. Maybe you're familiar with this. You know how this is? You know how this works? No, tell me. So what it works is that when you're going to tell something they're doing something wrong or they need to correct something, you start off with something positive you tell them something good about what they're doing, whatever it is, something else. Then you tell them what you need to tell them. That's a rebuke. And you end it with something positive. So they're going into – by the way, this has worked so much, so many times in business when I'm doing like coin deals. Really? I'm a coin dealer. I, you, if you've listened to our podcast, you learn this, that I've gotten my way more often when I've sandwiched. People like to be – People like to be schmoozed. People like to feel good about themselves. People like to be around happy people. So you tell someone something positive and makes them feel good. And then when you rebuke them, they're more likely going to listen to it. And you tell them something good at the end, like, oh, and I've noticed when I leave the situations, no one's mad at me. I mean, no, wow. I, 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 no one's mad at me. I'm like, I, you know, I tell my son, you know, I, you know, I'm really happy that you know in the morning that you get up and you go to school and like, you know, I'm really so happy about that. But it'd be great. If when you come up from school and you have your snack, if you put the dishes in the dishwasher or put the dishes in the sink, whatever it is. Right. And then, that makes and, sense. And then, but I'm happy that you know, you're eating something and you're eating something healthy and it's great that you're having you know, a healthy cereal and have some carrots and hummus, whatever it is. And so I end it with something positive. Mm-hmm. And this way, they're more likely to listen to me. When I was at the front desk, I was a supervisor at the, at the hotel I was working yeah. at. In Vail, right? In Vail. And I told them um, I need to have two positives for every one negative. I made my employees do that anytime they had a they had two a positives for everyone. Two negative. positive for every negative. I didn't tell them it had to be in the sandwich, but I think it makes sense to start and finish with the positive thing. Right. But try to deliver the message with two positives for every negative. I mean, ma- imagine if you're an employer, right, and you have employees, and one is not holding up the par, right? One's not you know not, not do, and, and you want to tell them instead of saying you know you're not doing your job very well, you said I love how you do this. At your work, I love how you show up on time. It's great. I really like you. I want you to succeed in this job, but you need to you need to correct this situation that's going on. And at the end, say you know we we we're, we're going to support you. We're going to be there for you because we want you to succeed. You've just sandwiched a rebuke, and this person's going to feel great about themselves and supported and, and supported. And they're going to want to work for you. And they're going to want to make you. And they want to want you. You want to succeed for them because you love your boss, right? Right. There's another thing we do in hospitality. What? That's There's a, a saying, is the guest always right? A lot of guests believe, oh, the guest is always right. They have to give me my free breakfast. In America. In America, <laughs> maybe. But we not learned, in Europe, not in a lot of places not, around the world. No. So we learned, actually, that's not the case. But you have to let the guest be wrong with dignity. Meaning when you're delivering this sandwich, you don't want them to, you, you're delivering message that's telling them they're essentially wrong. Mm-hmm. But you're telling them in a way that's also building them up in the meantime, showing that there's potential for them to, to make it better in the next time. Right. Right. You messed up this time. And I, I understand. Know this so, is so, you so you're are. delivering the sandwich, and what happens? So you deliver the sandwich, but you're also like in the way that makes them feel like they still have their dignity. What did, they, what did the customer do wrong? Like, what is the, um, the customer's probably blaming us in this case. Is what? The customer's probably ba- blaming the housekeepers or someone oh, because in the hotel. Oh, because what? Because of what happened? Let's say that the bed wasn't made in time. 
Okay. And they said, I asked them to have it made by 9.30 and they came at 10 o'clock, right. for example. And you're like, actually, the guest is right. But then the guest makes a request, for example, give us free breakfast, et cetera. Oh. And you say like, the guest is asking for something that we can't give them. They're, they're wrong that we made a, a mistake. We made a mistake, but they're wrong about the quality. For example... I know guys that their whole purpose in life when they travel is to try to get free stuff. Right, out of uh, we've experienced. The free, I mean, I have a, a, a friend who's like always getting free rooms. Like, my, you know, my shower couldn't get hot water. I can, can I get a free night? And they give it. They, they my hotel had a rule: no free nights. Yeah, they get free. These guys get free nights all the time. They're always yeah. getting stuff free. I have a friend in high school, Chip Gordon Wood, Chip Wood, and he'd always like go to the fast food restaurant. Hey, can I can I get an extra fries? Just, you know, let me have some extra fries. And people like you know because these kids were working behind them and they just give him a fry. So are they right for asking for that? Well, I mean, it's a little. I mean, the answer is they're. You have they, to, I, listen, it's if like you can anything. Give it it's a he fry, knew, okay. he knew how to manipulate people put right. it that way. He, is he right? Probably not. Is it a you know? Is he making a mistake? Probably not. But it's a borderline ethical issue right. when you're able to manipulate people to get what you want. Uh, and he's taking food. Technically, he's taking food from the restaurants. It's probably not right. Whatever. It's a whole argue, argument. But he's <laughs> yes, pretty so good. Much. Chip was pretty good. Gordon was pretty good about like yeah. getting stuff. It's like, hey, okay, and some fries. You know, like, but make it the double for me. You know, charge me for it. It's okay. Ah, you know, he's a schmoozer. He's, he's, he's using the sandwich and technique in, on them. And he's in real estate. Ah, so he's, he's great. He's great in real estate. He's, he's really good. He's a, and he's he's a schmoozer, and everyone <laughs> likes him. And he's he's great. I mean, I, I love Chip. I'm just kidding. Years, but I love Chip. And so the idea is that you know, sometimes you know you can get what you want. You would get people to listen to you, and he did it by schmoozing. Right, right. So we talked about don't be a hypocrite. That if you have to do what you say, you want people to listen to. And then we said words should come in a loving, in a, from the heart, in a loving mm-hmm. manner. You can't yell at people. And then we talked about we talked about four ideas. We really going to be five because we talked about the sandwich. Right. That when you rebuke people, that you have to do it in a way that's positive. The rebuke in the middle at the end, positive, so people feel good about you, and they're more likely going to listen to you. The right. last we're going to talk about is timing. Mm. What is timing? So timing means you can never negotiate. I would say this: you can never negotiate with an emotional person. Interesting. So, for example, how do you? Everyone's an emotional well, of course, person. Because I have kids. I, this is part of my life. That you know, when my kid gets upset, like he did yesterday, when my kids get upset yesterday, and they go in the room crying, you can't. You have to wait till they calm down. Uh-huh. There are times, and you can't. It's just like a, a, a one of our topics when we get into another relationship. It's called the twenty four hour rule. That when you're having a fight with your spouse, it's best to wait twenty four hours before you. Engage a minute. Wait, I heard you should never go to bed angry. Well, that is not so true all the time. That is, that is a very, I, I, I'm not sure that's true. That, I mean, that because sometimes you can be mad at someone and you go to bed, and by the time you wake up in the morning, are you usually mad? You know what everyone says when I say the 24 hour rule? You know what you're going to say, especially the guys? Like, well, I'm not going to be 24 hours. I'm like, why? Because I'm going to forget what I was mad about. Oh, because it no. wasn't that important. I mean, most of the arguments that I have with my wife are the stupidest things. Like, it's, I mean, there are some things that are, you know, meaningful that you have arguments about. But in general, most, 95% of it are really dumb. I mean, just really dumb. And one of the reasons why you're having an argument, because you're not, we talked about in a different podcast, you're not making something important to them important to you. Mm, you're right. not building that relationship. You're not doing things for them even though you don't want to do them. But you're doing it and they know you're thinking about them when you're doing them. That makes sense. Which is a whole different podcast right. we talked about. So timing is so important in all aspects. Timing when you have to rebuke, you know, talk to your employees. Timing when you talk to your kids. Timing when you talk to your wife. You know, if she's mad at you, you wait. 
you wait till they calm down. Everyone calms down. Everyone you know? calms down. They do. We all and calm down. How much more productive is any discussion when and, you're dealing with two calm parties? And, and by the way, we talk about emotions. We're going to talk about a class. We have a podcast on emotional investing. How that's so bad because when you're emotional, you make wrong decisions. Right. So if you're trying to negotiate with your kid or your wife or your employee, whatever it is, and they're emotional, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, this is why one of the, I love this concept. If you ever gone on a cruise ship, I don't know if you've been, I haven't been on a cruise ship forever, but I used to take cruises and they always sold art on the cruise ship. Right. They have this big room full of fancy art and it was like thousands of dollars. And do you know why? No. Because when people are on cruises, they're happy. They're in a good mood. They're in a very good emotional state. When you're happy, you buy stuff. That's true. <laughs> and artwork is high, like, crazy markups because really it's just an artist painting they're happy to get anything they get and the ship's on for thousands of dollars this is why when you go to the port when you're cruising what's the first stores you see in the all port? the souvenir stores it's not Some just art, glass. It's, it's, art. It's, it's usually art jewelry watches diamond rings because all humongous markups ah because when you're in that kind of when you're emotional mindset, state emotional. you do you don't make straw you don't make right decisions and you buy this piece of art when you're like in jamaica and you oh so good look at the video and you get home after three years like why did i buy this stupid piece of art like you know like it doesn't because you're emotional you make your emotional make wrong decisions and when you're trying to get someone to listen to you when they're emotional you're not going to succeed so pace yourself time the conversations at the right moment well not pace yourself but wait till someone is not emotional right so you have to wait you have to don't jump into the argument don't jump into the argument you just wait even though you know you're right. And, and don't is, respond when you're angry. Don't respond when you have that mindset. I gotta get, I got to I gotta get rid of this piece of advice. So I have an idea that I talk about, mostly with marriage, but sometimes you have to be wrong to be right. Interesting. Which means that you could be in a situation arguing with someone and you know you're right and you hmm. beat them down, beat them down. They finally admit that you're right. Did you win? No. No. You might have won the battle, but you lost the war, you right? definitely lost the war. You're right. So, so sometimes it's good to admit you're wrong, even though you know you're right. And mm. then people will more likely also listen to you. Your wife will more listen to you, and this can happen also in many situations in life. So getting people to listen to you is such an important part about you know, succeeding in life and building a great family, having great relationships, and, and really, if you're an employee, having great employees – that people right. listen, you want people to listen to you. We talked about that. You don't be a hypocrite. It must come from the heart in a loving manner. You can sandwich, rebuke any rebuke you have, and um, and timing. And it must. Oh, one one thing we missed. We missed that. It must be for their benefit. It must be for the other person. It must benefit. be if you come in a situation like you're a sales guy or like you know you want something from someone. You say you you can think about who's benefiting from the situation. And if it's for the person's benefit, you're going to less likely listen to them. Mm-hmm. But it's only for their benefit. They're more likely going to listen to you. Fascinating. Yes. So there you go. Five ways to get people to listen to you. Thank you for watching this episode of the Fish and Coach Show. I'm Brandon Fisher. This is Coach Ratner. See you next time.